0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. How are you doing this fine afternoon or evening or morning, whenever you're listening to this? Hopefully, it's morning because this episode I am throwing fire, absolute fire. This is a white whale episode. I am so excited to tell you that John K. Sampson from The Weaker Dance is on this very episode. He's one of my favorite musicians probably of all time. The Weaker Thans, are top 10 favorite band. I just can't tell you how much this pleases me that I got to speak to him. Because, like, you know, I you try not to, like, put these people on pedestals because they're just, like, they're normal human beings, especially when you're talking about in the context of independent music, right? But there are certain people where you're just like... Wow, like they're a real human. Like, and that's what John K. Sampson just like showed me during this conversation. But more on him in a moment. Let me talk to you about the other things that I'm excited about. One is a new sponsor, which I am so excited about. You've heard me talk about them before, most specifically on last week's episode with Matt Pryor and Radar State, the label wiretap records i love them so much rob is a friend of mine and he does a great job but what i want to tell you about is he does something super super cool called the wiretap record club now let me play you just a little quick sizzle reel you know that's what we in the industry call like you know like get you excited so i'm gonna play that right now these are basically all of his recent releases and you can kind of get a little sampling That is what he is putting out, and his record club. Basically, uh, let me let me let me break this down for you. It's 125 bucks. There is limited to 50 total, and you'll get every release they press on vinyl in 2019. So it's a minimum of 10 LPs, guaranteed test press from this year's catalog, an exclusive T-shirt, an enamel pin, all digital downloads, member discounts, and more. So you can go to WiretapRecords.com and check out what they have to offer. That's super cheap for 10 LPs and a T-shirt and a pin. Like, basically, it is your vote for independent music to be like, you know what? I support what you do, and I trust what the label has going on. He sent me a bunch of their releases, and frankly, there's no dud in there. So, Wiretap Records, check out their, uh, yeah, the record club. It's amazing. But there's a $15 discount to listeners of this show. Use the code 100Words upon checkout, and you will get $15 off, okay? So, basically, it's $110 for a boatload of music, Okay. Thank you very much, Wiretap, and uh, check out their stuff. I also have to tell you about rockabilia.com. PC Jabberjaw is the code that we give you 10% off all the band merch that you can possibly buy from their website. I love what they do. They offer amazing, high-quality stuff that is all licensed officially from the band, so you're not going to be supporting bootleggers and Or or just get terrible shirts, you know, because like you've gotten those ones before where you're like, oh, wow, this is great. And it's like some iron on transfer and then like one wash. It's done. No, that does not happen. I've ordered multiple shirts from them and they are a spectacular company. So PC Jabberjaw will get you 10 percent off. Thank you, Rockabilia, for your continued support of this show. Before I talk about John K. Sampson, holy moly, I have been so stressed. (laughs) Like I have never felt stress from my work, really, frankly, ever. I've just been fortunate enough where, I mean, like you feel stressful moments and stressful times when you're like leading up to, you know, I was working at the record label. I remember an incredibly stressful time when, you know, like bands from Germany were coming over to tour and I was making sure that all the, you know, van rentals and details were all settled and stuff. And there were some stressful times there. And maybe I just, you know, you have a good, uh, we as humans have a, a good way of forgetting those stressful moments. But like I'm sitting in a stressful moment right now. And uh, man, it sucks. It really does suck. Like, you know, heart palpitations. Like, I haven't gone to full-blown panic attacks, which is good because I've had, you know, friends around me and other people to kind of balance me out. But um, yeah, I just want you to know that if you're feeling that stress for whatever it is that you're going through, I'm there, right there with you. And just put your head down. You will be able to get through it. I, I assure you. You've been through more difficult things in the past. I know I have. It's like my wife survived cancer and i was right there with her and she was getting chemotherapy and all these horrible horrible things and i was able to walk along with her on that and that was brutal to watch so what's some work stress right okay but i just want you to know that you are not alone i'm i'm feeling you so hundred words podcast at gmail.com if you want to reach out and and you know commiserate be like yeah i am going through a special time too but um let's talk about john k sampson like i said this this guy looms so large in my life because i mean i love propaganda Love The Weaker Thans. And I just think what he has done, he has, he, he's been able to carve out his own life with being a creative person, with creating incredible music, incredible lyrics. I, just, I could go on for hours and hours how much I respect the art that he puts out there and how much I love him. And I, I ch- honestly, I chased this interview for about, I want to say going on two years and I have to give a very, very large thank you to Chris Hanna from Propagandi, who is a previous guest on this show, who uh, connected me with, with John. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm thankful for that. So here is my discussion with John K. Sampson. Now Holy crap, I can't believe last I'm saying that.
1: month's rant is scheming with the Take this moment to decide.
0: propaganda was a huge band for me. I'm, I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you guys put out those records mm-hmm. right in the prime time of me getting into, you know, a lot of punk and hardcore right, and stuff right. like that. Um, but then right. I, I also loved, uh, you know, when you put out the weaker dance record on, you know, G seven and fallow and started to play mm-hmm. shows around that. Like I saw you, uh, play at Coos cafe in Santa Ana here in gosh, I don't know. It was like 90, seven 98 maybe something like that
1: yeah um, i remember that show that was really fun i enjoyed
0: that yeah it was, it was great yeah. and it, it but it, it was funny because i that was kind of the first time i really recognized uh the idea of someone expecting something out of an artist mm. and them not delivering yeah. the thing that they expected you know so it's like right. clearly people are like oh yeah john from propaganda so here's his uh you know quiet yeah. side project or whatever but
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure.
0: So I I presume that when you first started to kind of do that and people were, you know, clearly attaching you to your previous work, um was that right. kind of, was that kind of a a weird vibe where it was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm not going to play shredding punk anymore. Like this is what I got. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I suppose so. Um I think yeah, it was it was definitely a, a case of um uh, of kind of uh not meeting a certain segment of the people who showed up's um, expectations. Uh, but there was also something beautiful about that that I enjoyed. Um, and this was before kind of music was uh, as as kind of saturated in the culture as it is now. So, um, So you would kind of come to see a band... As, as you'll recall um, to hear the band, not to hear them play the songs that you already knew right so there was something kind of exciting about that as well um, and uh yeah and I can never uh, I can never overstate how how uh, grateful I am uh, to to have been in propaganda and have had that kind of launching pad for for um for the rest of my life as a as a as a writer.
0: Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I think it's it's funny because, you know, most even at this time, you know, whatever, we're, you know, 25 years removed from that, but people will, right. you know, always link you to that even though, you know, you've clear you've clearly carved, oh, yeah. out, carved out your own niche, but I think it's No,
1: absolutely. And I think like the fact is that those records will have sold more than all of my other work combined in the end. <laughs> so and that's an interesting an interesting kind of fact to me and, and something that I I think about and respect in is that, you know, some people will come expecting something else. And uh and yeah, sometimes that was difficult. Like like there were certainly there were certainly times when Um, when it flared in kind of unpleasant ways, uh, where, you know, like, I don't know, like people would throw, throw things at me or, or kind of like, you know, there there were, there were some, there were some terrible moments, but, you know, for the most part, the punk scene was pretty open to what I was doing and, um, pretty generous with, with their kind of, uh, with their, um acceptance and kind of engagement with with my work after after being in propaganda you
0: know? yeah yeah and i, I think too because it, it wasn't like you as a person all of a sudden started to like you know wear cowboy boots and like put on a costume and like right. not talk about politics like you just were you sure. except in a different vehicle you know
1: <laughs> well and for me it was always like there's a pretty obvious through line in the in the few songs that i I sang uh lead with uh with propaganda. Those those songs are kind of still the the kind of model. I mean, they those the first week of En's record was not not very far from from uh from my previous work, right? So, um yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see it as as, uh, such a, such a leap really. Right. But you never do right from the center, <laughs> from, <laughs> from the, from the center of it. You can't really see the see the margins
0: I guess yeah yeah for sure uh, and I, th- in just having this little discussion it just reminded me too I th- I remember seeing kind of you know on the flip side where you uh, you know I saw you play at the uh, Troubadour and I think if I'm not mistaken you uh, dashboard confessional was opening up for you and this is like uh, yeah, that's right. right and I, I just remember that yeah, was yeah
1: that's right right I it, forgot about that trip yeah <laughs>
0: yeah and it was it was it's so so interesting because you had these two completely separate crowds you had your you know people yeah. who were completely tapped into the mainstream coming to watch Chris Carrappa play. And then people, yeah. you know, sort of curiously sticking around. Well, it's like, Hey, who's this dude headlining? And they kind of being like, Oh, yeah. interesting. I just, yeah, I remember that experience
1: too. <laughs> that was really, yeah, that was, that was strange. And that was not, uh, not the, that was fun, kind of fun too. Like it was like trying to hold the attention of those people who were just there to see Chris was, was, uh, was an interesting challenge for sure um I, I ended up in that position a few times. Arcade fire opened for the weaker thans once um just as the show was booked before their first record kind of became massive and then we had already booked the show i think it was it was in the pacific northwest somewhere and and so that was like I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> the the you know arcade fire is opening for us for some reason so and, and and there was no way to hold that i, I mean it, it, yeah it was interesting anyway <laughs> right. it's always like the industry yeah the way the industry moves is is so um uh it's yeah you can't really you can't really um planet no
0: no yeah it's yeah, like the, yeah the, yeah. Be, the best laid best laid plans all of a sudden are just like oh oh sure, wow sure. i gotta i gotta follow this now oh okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and i like that feeling too like i also like uh, you know the the whole um i always loved playing uh during propaganda days uh at gilman street in uh in the east bay there um because they they had uh they had this uh payment system where it was weighted towards whoever drove the farthest right so it was like if you were from if you were like the biggest band on the bill, but you were from you know like Portland and another band was from um, New York you know that played first, the New York band would get more money, and I always thought that. That if if I had my way, that's that's how the world would work. It was kind of beautiful.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's very uh, egalitarian, where it's like, yeah, you just drove yeah. the farthest, so practically speaking. Yeah. Practically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> practically speaking. yeah. Um, so you know, kind of kind of shifting the focus towards uh, you as a mm. person. Um, you, there, you know, you are. Yeah. You know, a private person in the sense of, you know, you're not, uh, you know, publishing stuff on social media and talking about your narrative and doing all the things that people do on social media. But, um, were you actually Mm -hmm. born and raised in Winnipeg?
1: I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Tried and true.
1: So I've, I've been here all my 45 years and yeah.
0: And what was your, uh, what was your family structure like as you were growing up? Like mom and dad in the house? Do you have brothers and sisters?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, my parents were in the house and my sister, and um, yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a in a in an excellent home, and I um, yeah, I was in uh, I was in children's choirs, which was sort of my first um, my first exposure to music, I guess. And I was uh, raised in the in a kind of high Lutheran church mm-hmm. um, that had a sung liturgy, so it was kind of this this kind of form of talk singing. Uh, that I, I, th- I feel like was pretty uh, I can kind of trace back to my my uh, my talk singing now <laughs> is, is that
2: right.
1: uh, that kind of early um, exposure to music so yeah and and so and then yeah children's choirs was my kind of um, uh, kind of first exposure to music and. Um, and
0: uh yeah got it and so what, what was your um yeah i guess what was the uh, the trade that your family was in like you know what did your mom and dad do for work as you were growing up in the house
1: uh my dad's a lawyer and my mom's a teacher
0: oh okay very tried and true um you know <laughs> very quintessential yeah. jobs yes yes it's true
1: that's what did
0: true. you what did your mom teach
1: uh she taught uh elementary school
0: oh nice did you have her as a teacher
1: I did not. No. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's funny because I, I definitely think I I come from a a family of teachers as well, and I think it's there's there's always that notion of like, no, I would never want my mom as a teacher, like I, you know, but then some other some other kids are like, oh, that'd be cool if like my mom or dad was like, you know, working at the school or whatever, and then it's like, I don't know about that.
1: Did you ever uh, encounter that? Did I, I, you have?
0: Your... I did, I did not have my my mom. She actually sent you know. She taught a public school and she sent me to private school because she was like.
1: Oh, ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I just wanted small class sizes for you, and so I was like, okay. Fair oh, enough. that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Fair. Uh, I, and then yeah. what, what? And your your what sort of uh, I guess law did your dad practice? Um,
1: you know, I'm not sure. Okay, fair uh, enough. I'm not I'm not totally sure. Actually, he was. I think in contract, uh, contract law, I believe. Sure, yeah.
0: sure. So, like, did he yeah. did he have his own practice, or was he like working within the context of a company that he was their uh, their go to guy? Yeah, he
1: was a he, he was a partner in a in a law firm here in
0: Winnipeg. Nice, nice. And are yeah. are, are are you, are you the uh, older sibling or the younger sibling?
1: I am the older. Yes.
0: So you're the sure. trail you're the trailblazer. I suppose yeah um and i mean i think most people that kind of think of winnipeg um you know view it as this uh you know a weather stripped city that you know obviously Mm. obviously has some culture but you know in many many respects it's been a town that uh, often gets uh, overlooked when you're talking about canada because most people like in america reference just the coasts um but you know what was your experience as you were you know growing up in winnipeg was it just like okay i gotta play hockey and that's pretty much it or what did you feel
1: i was a curling kid myself so I, i curled from an early age and i still curl um so that's that's kind of the other i think kind of more has the more uh has more purchase as in my mind as like the national sport in that a Everyone can play it in a way. Like it's, it's sort of. I like the kind of democratic aspects of it. I was certainly a hockey kid as well growing up, but I never really played. Um, and I was, yeah, obsessed by the NHL, um, but but kind of uh, that kind of um, dissipated sort of in my in my teens for sure and uh yeah winnipeg is like it's a it's it's a it's a geographically quite marginalized place like it's it's quite far from any other city so i think over the years it's had to kind of invent its own culture in a way and the weather has a lot to do with that culture as well so i feel like um people here sort of have to we have to entertain each other and ourselves. And, and so I feel like there's a real kind of tradition of, of bands, especially, um, basically as something to do when you, uh, can't spend a lot of time outside. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and honestly, I don't know, I don't know why I always kind of drew the parallels between, um, you know, Winnipeg and something like, you know, Iceland. I mean, obviously, Iceland is even sure. more, you know, removed geographically, but, Mm. It, it definitely resides in that same sort of, uh, you know, uh, pride. Oh, yeah. yeah, pride so about I, the city and yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause my father's family is Icelandic and, 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 uh, and Winnipeg and Manitoba is the biggest population of Icelanders outside of Iceland. Weirdly enough, they started immigrating in, uh, you know, late 1800s and my grandfather was, um, was printed the local one of, one of the two local uh, Icelandic newspapers here weirdly enough but I found yeah I find that there's a really interesting yeah you're right I think the Icelandic culture is similar in that sense that it's it's uh, it had to invent itself in a way and and I still feel like yeah Winnipeg is is like that in a lot of ways just because um even you know, with the internet and with with the the more kind of uh, with the spread of culture being kind of more democratic and available, you know, the physical isolation it's still there like it still exists right it's it's right. just a fact right yeah so um, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah so so it's a it was an interesting place to to kind of it is an interesting place i think to come from and it's a place that you know i think i discovered fairly early on was what i wanted to write about and what i wanted to try and understand is is this place because it has it sort of has everything that I'm looking for as a writer, um, uh, it you know it bothers me. Uh, it delights me. It's you know it's got um, it's it's got kind of a um, it's a it's a small town. You know it's a it's a it's also a city. It's it's um, it's unjust and and uh, and strange. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it I feel like it's something I'm still trying to get right and and something that I'm I'm grateful for
0: yeah well I think I I I always personally and I know a lot of other people identified with that notion as well just because you know most people like you know whatever my experience of living in Southern California and living you know in Orange County which is you know white suburban very you know well off hearing other people's experiences you know broadened my horizon in general and then understood that it's like oh like you you know not only you know is a band like you know Propagandian Weaker Than speaking about you know, Winnipeg and politics and everything else, it's just like, oh, this is something I didn't even consider, and, it, you know, I need a person to deliver it to me in song in order to, like, put it in context, where it's like, right. oh, yes, this is something I should yeah, care right. about. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's lovely, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's kind of what my favorite, um, you know, music does, I guess, and, and art in general. Yeah. For sure, and it's, it's certainly what, when I first heard propaganda I was like i had that reaction where i was like kind of uh kind of broke my mind a little bit recognizing that someone was writing about the place that i'm from right and yeah that was that was uh that's kind of uh yeah I what you're like chasing important
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: Yeah, yeah yeah
0: um The, uh, the, the idea, I mean, this is me, uh, sort of projecting upon you just in the times that I've watched you play and you know, what I kind of know about you as a quote unquote public figure, but, um, you are, you know, you're, you're a pretty reserved dude you're definitely not the mm-hmm. sort of guy that, you know, I would probably <laughs> define as uh, you know, the life of the party, kicking the doors open and being nope. like, everybody pay attention <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah.
2: Was
0: that, was that kind of always who you were as far as like, you know, the quiet natured and, uh, you know, a more, uh, I guess, introspective, thoughtful person. Um, or was that something yeah. that you kind of, um, I don't know, not, not tried on, but was that something that has sure. always been kind of consistent?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. That's just part of who I am. I'm. I'm pretty private, and and uh, and I certainly wouldn't. I know that I wouldn't be a songwriter if I was starting today, just because the the, um, the kind of dire publicness of it for me would just be. There would be no way. I would. I would. I would. I would run from that. <laughs> um, I would run. I would run from the contemporary. Um, music industry, even in its, I think in its wonderful independent forms, it just wouldn't be for me. Um, Yeah. And I mean, part of it is also, uh, you know, mental illness, which is is something that I've, I've, uh, I struggle with, uh, like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. So um, it's certainly not good Good for that for me. Um, the the publicness of of um, that kind of lens is uh, is I've discovered, though I kind of always knew, is is not <laughs> not conducive to me being healthy. Right. So that's you know that's right. something that I struggle with, and I think a lot of a lot of musicians and artists struggle with now. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a curious um, place for me to be. In a way, and and the punk scene um, was great for me because it 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 accepted that in a way. It was really um, uh, at the time. I'm, I don't know what it's like now, but it was it was very um, it was very democratic and and it was uh, welcoming to me at least. So yeah, it was kind of. I feel like there's still. Um, you know, my the track of my of my career kind of veered off from that ethos in some ways, um, and and that was probably probably a mistake in some ways that I'm trying to trying to circle back to the um, the uh, that generous democratic spirit mm-hmm. in music. Um so lately I've been doing house concert tours. Right. And right. and I love how much they remind me of basement shows that that um that I that I would be a part of in the 90s. Um and just that that kind of element of it. So I'm a lot more comfortable in those settings and and yeah, I mean yeah, I never really became entirely comfortable with with performance um, in a lot of ways so uh, I guess you know yeah hard to say yeah in the beginning I felt like in the beginning I felt like I loved the travel and didn't like the shows the shows kind of terrified me in that but the travel was great and I would go for walks and every city that propaganda went to I uh, would go on these massive walks and and I would love that and now I'm sort of at the point where I actually love the shows and I don't really like the travel mm-hmm. so it's this kind of weird weird um, it's a weird flip weird kind uh, flip yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well, well I, I mean I really like those those thoughts that you are um, you know being able to uh, articulate because i do think the uh, you know as, as people just because you know uh, essentially punk and hardcore has existed for for so long now to where you know it impact it's impacted people that are you know three years younger than us and you know whatever yeah. arguably 10 to 20 years older than us so uh-huh. now you have people that are doing things that are um, not really technically related to that DIY culture but are still like like you said uh, you know no one I I, I don't you know I would challenge anybody to obviously look at the you know what you have done musically career wise and everything and not be able to find the obvious through line of like well yeah essentially Mm. you're still just you know the DIY like you know and hardcore kid even though you know you wouldn't self describe as that but the notion is yeah yeah you know yeah no that's and that's still what I think of myself as I know that
1: (laughs) it's It's pretty hard to see from as an uh, from an outsider i'm i'm sure and especially someone who didn't have the context of 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 um being part of a punk scene but but yeah, I do feel like its template is still uh kind of on everything on everything that I do
2: yeah, yeah. no,
0: it's great it's great um And as you, um, I I guess, what was the kind of, um, you know, because clearly it's not like the idea of, uh, you know, you joining Propaganda and you guys, you know, playing out and touring and stuff like that. Like, you know, that wasn't the the quote unquote business plan, as it were. (laughs) So, like, you know, what what was the, I guess, the supposed path for you as you were going through school? Like, you know, did you like school? Like, what were you, you know, were were you, I guess, kind of growing up to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer like my dad or whatever. What was the path?
1: No. I hated school, and and I'm still bitter about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I love that. I uh, <laughs> I feel like it's it's not a it's 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 not good. <laughs> so, um, I hated school. Uh, it 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 was I found I found it profoundly unpleasant, and uh, and there was almost nothing good about it for me at least. Um, but I was more, um. I read books which, which which um I feel like kind of was my one one saving uh, not one saving thing, but, but it was it was kind of my my uh my comfort was was books more than music actually. So so um I did buy a base I I, I worked at like a part time job or during the summer when I was 15, I think, uh, painting boards and I, uh, bought a bass. Um, I played guitar sort of really badly before that. And I recognized that I, um, that no band was going to have me really as a guitar player. So I thought a bass would, would be, um, would be, uh, I would be able to play music with other people. And I was, so I, I was in a band in, in high school. And, um, and so, so that was uh, uh, it. It was it was um, it wasn't particularly punk. I don't think we were sort of more indie rock kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we were into the replacements and and um, and the Pixies and and stuff like that. But I was obsessed with this writer named Kurt Vonnegut, um, and. And he's this really wonderful novelist and writer and and he's really political like he's a he's kind of a a wonderful leftist humanist writer. Um, and so I felt like when I heard propaganda for the first time, i was i I heard those politics, and to me, I think before that music had been strictly sort of an emotional outlet. And then when I heard Chris and Jord, I was like, this is, this is, uh, you know, twinning those two things together right. uh, in, in a profound way, in a way that I was just like, I was like, I, this is amazing. So, um, So, and then I just was in the right place at the right time saw a poster they put at the local skateboard shop um and i had, I think I'd met them before um, and uh and so you know I, I think about it now, and they were sort of the first punk band I heard, so it's kind of weird that that was sort of my
0: right your intro and your in like your first row yeah
1: <laughs> happens to be this really incredible band i thought and and so yeah, it was. It was. Uh, uh, I don't think anyone else tried out. I was like, you know, I was like, and I, I'm not. Uh, I was not then, and am not now a good bass player. I cannot be called a good bass player. <laughs> right. Um, you're, profi-
0: I, you're proficient.
1: <laughs> I'm proficient enough. I, you know, I, I'm. I'm learning. I'm. Uh, my wife Christine Fellows is putting out a record this month, and I'll be touring in her band and playing bass. And I picked it up the other day and I was like, oh wow, I really i had no idea what I was doing because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, um, but I, uh, but there was the part of the generosity and openness of, of the music itself was that that was kind of cool. Like I'm, I could, I could fit into it. I could play the root notes and, and jump up and down and kind of get by in a way. So, yeah. So that's really, uh, you know, and, and I guess I was also really, uh, impressed by, uh, how melodic Chris and George were like there are, you know, the way they sang together on those early tape cassette tapes that I heard, I was like, wow, singing, like they're singing together in harmony. And, uh, And that really kind of appealed to me in a big way. I was like, that's really exciting. And uh, so, yeah, I was uh, like, it was a total, total fluke. So yeah, and I think that's kind of how, when I heard them, I was like, I want to write songs too. Uh, I had written songs before, but I'd never really uh, kind of aspired to too much. For that, so, so yeah, they're they're still kind of like the biggest, probably yeah, they are the biggest influence on my writing. Christine, my wife, and and
0: those guys yeah no for that's,
1: sure that's, you know
0: that's incredible well yeah because yeah. that that opportunity gave you the voice to be able to be like oh yeah like they they can do it like i can do some something yeah. similar and they, in, the yeah, same, yeah. in the same way that you know you're always going to view yourself as a punk and a hardcore kid and it's like it's not like you had to ask permission to write these songs you just started to do it yeah. because you saw your friends doing it it's like oh yeah i'll try this yeah out. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah Um, So then, you know, as as, as things started to, um, you know, get more serious with, uh, you know, propaganda and like, you know, touring and, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, like we're, you know, we get paid money and you you could even, you know, argue, well, not argue. You can even point out the fact like clearly, you know, the weaker dance existed in the music industry as well by putting out records and touring and all that other stuff. You know, how... The, the business of the bands that you've been in, uh, has that been something that you've had to, um, I know you kind of alluded to it earlier where you're like, you're always continually grappling with that, but like, did you enjoy the business aspect or was that just something you're like, God, I wish I could ignore it completely and just play music.
1: Yeah. 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 I can't say I enjoy it that much. I mean, I'm interested in it in a kind of theoretical way. I'm interested in, in bands and, and musicians who try and do things slightly even slightly differently is exciting to me, you know, like, um, so yeah. And I like the ethos of, of, uh, of kind of democracy, which has been in all the bands that I've, I've been lucky enough to be in, you know? Um, So I liked, yeah, I remember the early propaganda days were, were, when um, there was this zine called "Book Your Own Fucking Life," oh yeah, that that had we're uh, probably familiar with. You know, it had like uh, people's addresses and phone numbers for shows all over North America, and um, yeah, those tours were were kind of incredible and and frightening and and weird and fun, um, and then yeah, when it got kind of more established uh yeah it was it was fine um yeah 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 I, it's, it's not it's not really something that yeah i i kind of uh a, about a year or two into the weaker i i kind of let go of all of that and steven our guitar player took over and did most of that um and in a lot of ways, I felt like a failure because i just couldn't I couldn't keep my mind on it. It just wasn't something that I was that interested in and it didn't it didn't move me at all the the industry side of it so yeah. um yeah. so I thought, sort of wandered off um but I mean we did set kind of like i think progressive work practices where we could you know like we try and pay everyone exactly the same um, and and you know it's so there's some kind of um, you know I, we were like I, I think of us as like uh, you know socialists in and and we wanted to kind of be be that in practice so and that's always been something that that I've recognized as great and and yeah, and the labels I've worked with have all. And based on relationship not really based on career right you know yeah so like yeah I think it's it's a pretty huge fluke that I'm on epitaph records and I'm really grateful to be you know like it's a total like I don't know how I how that came about but I'm really glad that it did and right I just really like them all they're really like they would they work really hard on my behalf and and I'm
2: and, Yeah. 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 Well, so, I, I think no, as
1: <laughs> I, you know, I certainly, I don't think I like I've been in the kind of unique position of I've never really looked for a label. It's sort of
0: it's just sort been of there. Just right. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I think I, I think to your point, I think that's you know how you know good partnerships exist creatively, where it's like you know mm-hmm. if, if a person. Is interested in the business aspect of the band while also obviously wanting to be creative musically. It's like that yeah. they all serve the same purpose and like they'll be able yeah. to, you know, like it, it'd be a different story if they're, you know, you played with the person who is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, you know, get signed to Capitol Records and like let's put out, you right, know, right. Let, let's be as big as the Foo Fighters <laughs> or something. Then that would be in stark yeah. contrast to what your goal is. But, you know, if it's totally simple and you're on the same page, you're just like, oh yeah, you handle that. I don't want to do I don't want to touch that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and I like that that's kind of more and more well and, and the democratization of the means of production that the internet has afforded us all is like some pretty cool things about that like there's like you know people can put out their own records and you know like um, and that's wonderful and make their own records like when, when I started it was still like raising money to go to, into a recording studio like that's you know and it was a lot of money so you know like that's that's kind of a yeah we're in a new world like you know like probably my favorite record of the last while is is frank ocean's blonde and that's an independent record like it's kind of amazing when you think about it like it's you know like he put that record out himself there's no you know i don't know there's something like when i when i think about that i'm like wow that's
0: Yeah, you're like this, right? This, yeah, this this can happen on on a whole much larger level. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, totally, totally. Yeah, it is beautiful. Um, You know, something that I've noticed throughout, you know, people asking you questions over the past, you know, 15 years is, you know, er, everyone always comes to that fork in the road where they're just like, I can't even. It must have been so weird that you left propagandi. like you left this successful (laughs) band. You know, I'm putting on a a cheesy reporter voice or whatever, Mm -hmm. but. you know like I, the, the way that i like you know viewed it and i think most people probably viewed it where it's just like you know whatever you're in your early 20s and you're just like oh yeah, yeah like i want to explore this thing and like it's not like some you know really like calculated decision to be like it was a decision based on the fact that you were like yeah i want to leave the band because i want to do this other stuff as opposed to like mm-hmm. this huge thing that you know that, like that i don't know that it just seems very <laughs> yeah. funny that people project that on you
1: yeah no oh, it's true yeah I um, I mean they got tons better after I left right like they're I think you know with Todd and uh, and the extra guitar players um, who are both incredible and, and yeah no I, I, I think it was it ended up being best for them and and best for me I don't yeah, I don't. I don't even think of it that much. Yeah, really, I can't. It, I yeah, I can't really remember. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Like it's sort of dim, like that. I'm not. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just have to recognize that things worked out. You know, like it, and not worry too much about why they worked out. <laughs>
2: you know? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I just. Yeah. It, it's just. Yeah. So, it's just so funny because it, it seems like. It's such a uh, decision that it's like most people are confronted with that, where it's just like, you know, even if it's right. like, Hey, do you want to still play in a band or like, do you want to like, you know, get a degree? And some people are just like, Oh yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. I guess I got to get a degree. It's the same thing where it's just like, do you want to play in this or sure. do you, like, you want to do this? You're like, well, I, I kind of want to do this. It's like, Oh, Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, those like, those kind of massive decisions in your life that seem massive at the time are, you know, often when you look back, they're just sort of, they're not even choices. Yeah, they're just, they're they're just, just it's just going to happen. Things that happened, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, and, and then, you know, kind of focusing on your, on your time in, uh, you know, the weaker dance where, um, you know, cause like you said, sort of, you know, uh, skewing much of the, uh, conventions of the fact that you are successful and people recognize the band and you can play shows and all that sort of stuff that, you know, you probably right. at the beginning are just like, wow, I can't even believe this is happening. Um, but you know, you've, the, the band arguably reached, uh, you know, some pretty, Uh, high highs as far as like, you know, shows you were playing and, you know, the, the interest that the band, uh, garnished, um, I guess kind of, you know, and this, this is kind of putting you on the spot, but I think you probably have, Mm. you know, some, some tangible moments of like, as you were starting to, you know, kind of get out there and put out records and do all that stuff, you know, when did, I guess things feel like, oh my gosh, like I, I, this is weird. I can't believe I'm here doing this, whether it's like a, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific Mm. show or anything like that, but just that feeling of like. Wow! When we put out "Left and Leaving," I can't believe this happened or whatever. You know.
1: Hmm. I don't know if I ever felt that way. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. It was sort of a gradual, a gradual thing, and um, yeah, my my anxiety with with crowds and a lot of things was such where I, I don't feel like I ever really. Uh, enjoyed that that much you know sure. i didn't i didn't get a lot of joy out of it in a weird way like it's it sounds like harsh to say but it didn't i never had those those moments where you're like oh this i'm doing what i want to do in the world i still don't i'm still not sure what i want to do in the world. but uh you know I, I feel like yeah um i was i i'm obviously super lucky um but yeah, there there was um Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't really pinpoint a moment. I know I know when I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you know, well, was when uh, Yeah, I
0: guess yeah, when on the flip side, yeah, yeah. when did it feel I guess sure. too overwhelming for you?
1: Yeah, and maybe that's lame of me to kind of like
0: <laughs> No, it's okay.
1: That's the truth though. Point out though. the negative, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of the truth. Yeah, it was was when it sort of I feel like there's a certain point with me that if if the audience is too big, like the, the fuses blow in a way. Like, so it's like, I just, I just shut down and it's like, it's not something, it's a job. It's something that, that I, I don't enjoy anymore. So it's, there's this weird point where I'm like, oh, this is, um, having said that, like, when i'm actually doing it when i'm actually playing the songs in front of people i did love it but it was like every other moment around that you know like right. like every second around that like that that um that sometimes felt kind of terrible so um so yeah i learned to love playing but i also just had a lot of trouble with with um with with other stuff. So yeah. so that it was it was is you know difficult and and kind of untenable after a while. So
0: right yeah well i i think to that same notion or that that idea that like even you know when you are experiencing these things that you know most people look at as being like wow it's amazing you can play in front of you know 1500 people and like have everybody Mm. you know like you know eating from the palm of your hand because of the way you're crafted your lyrics or whatever you know um yeah yeah like that like you know to your point that (laughs) clouds the vision because it's like you're just focused on that you know whatever 45 minutes to an hour and a half stage time and and like yeah. the moment that you leave it, it's like, oh, here's where all the here's where all the stuff I don't like comes into play.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and yeah, like, I, yeah, I feel like I, I love focusing on, I love the feeling of a room where it's like two hundred people and um, and there's kind of uh, an interaction, even if it's not kind of verbal, you can kind of, it feels like a collaboration in a way, like it's the audience and the musicians are doing something together to make something ephemeral that is just for that moment. And that to me is really beautiful. Um, and I just can't, I can't summon it or it doesn't work for me a lot of the time when it's, when it's anything larger than that. Does mm-hmm. that sound? I don't know. Yeah. But no, so yeah, it, it it's makes sense. Of, and it's really, it's just specific too. It's right. Just, me like it's not I'm I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or it's just you know I've learned through my cognitive behavioral therapy that uh that <laughs> you can't uh, you you know you can't you can't pretend to feel something you don't feel no, uh, vice versa.
0: Right. Right. And like, there's only so long that you can stuff that feeling away before it starts to manifest itself in different ways. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the sort of, you know, quiet, easygoing guy, John is like snapping at people and they're like, what the hell is happening? It's like, (laughs) what, what, What? this is a weird vibe. He's never done this before.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. For sure. Um, and you know something else that you know I saw sort of traditionally speaking in regards to the way that people have approached you know speaking to you and interview wise and stuff is that you know I mean most people are always like oh John Samson like you know just doesn't like to do press so like you know again I'm using a hyperbolic voice here but like yeah doesn't like to do press so like you know it goes through these things where it's just like oh yeah you can interview me by postcard or like you know you can you know you can't reach out to me on social media so like you know you can't email me or whatever um but the you know i I, i've always viewed it where it's like there are there are certain people that are willing to put themselves out there and doing that on a regular basis and there are people who are like well i'm willing to do that for people who actually have a vested interest in the thing rather than like here's you know my name on the list of 30 things they got to do today um yeah it, 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 is that kind of accurate the that that sort of description rather than like oh john's just a you know an asshole he doesn't want to do press or whatever yeah
1: <laughs> well part of it is i'm an asshole but, okay. it, Fair enough. Fair. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> but i mean i think probably a little bit but you know uh, yeah i um it sounds dumb but like sometimes i'm just like you know like I think Neil Young said it or someone like that. Like when people were interviewing about, about his songs, he was like, well, the songs are the songs. Like,
0: it's right there. Like,
1: that's what I, that's what I want to put out into the world. There they are. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's my job. Uh, And I feel like that as a cultural worker, like I make, I make songs. And if you know that, it's not my job to talk about those songs. I don't feel like, I feel like, you know, the songs are supposed to, supposed to do something in the world. Um, But I also, I can also totally understand why that's, that's not uh, exactly right. And, and again, it's totally specific to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I should say, you know, everyone should be, um, you know, leave social media and, <laughs> and, and never do interviews and, and all that stuff. But, um, um, I do also feel like I've taken up sort of, I've, you know, I've taken up some space in, in the culture. It's a, it's, you know, not a huge space, but, um, but there's, there's other people to speak to that I think, uh, are more interesting and more timely, frankly. So, so that's that's also something that I've thought about. I remember in the early days of the weaker lens, we always said that when we quit, we would invite other bands to quit with us, <laughs> to break up with us. So we would do like a mass breakup. Sure, so it would be <laughs> I love that. So it would be like you know, like a hundred bands break up on one day, and uh, and and you know, loosen up the soil for for some new bands. You know, like I feel like. Um yeah, there's a lot of great uh, great work out there, so I'm also like, hey like yeah
0: yeah well i I think it, it, it's something that I, I've you know reflected on myself uh, like not only you know interviewing people but to being the subject of interviews and like just kind of seeing how that mm-hmm. that sort of like give and take relationship happens where it's like I think like um I remember I approached uh, Sam McFeeters, the singer of born Again oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah who's sure. like
0: you know he is a notorious curmudgeon like that dude is you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. tried and true and so I was like okay mm-hmm. i, I I'm, I'm scared, but I'm gonna try to approach him so like you know you had to write a letter to his p.o box here in southern california and like you know i was like okay he's never going to respond to me but like you know he emailed me back and was like yeah i'd, lo- I'd love to talk and i, I think know. and i think it's one of those things where uh, not not too dissimilar to you know how we're speaking where it's just like when you actually show sure. the person that you actually have a vested interest in their art and are interested in them as a human most people will be like yeah. oh yeah like that's fine so like i get right
2: I
1: get that. Where it's more like a, it's a conversation, it's not a transaction, right? Right. That's my, my problem with social media is that it feels so transactional to me, so capitalist in its nature, this idea of quantifying everything with, with, you know, numbers, basically, of of grading things. So to me, I'm like, yeah, like, you can't, conversation, like real conversation and communication doesn't, that's, that's not how it works, right so I, I agree like I'm totally interested. I love talking to people, but i you know i don't I don't always think that it's useful for me to do it when I'm I have to talk about myself all the time or or like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know. I, I understand that. Cause it, it's, it, especially too, it's like once you, you know, once you've existed for, you know, whatever, let's say over 10 years in a particular music scene, um, there's, you've discussed a lot of stuff already. You know, most people know the broad strokes of, of who people are. Like, you know, if someone's coming into you and it's like, Oh, so where are you from? It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like you, <laughs> you, you, you don't know that I'm from Winnipeg. Like this is ridiculous. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, Great. but that, that, that idea of just like, yeah, you, you want to be, like you said, it's not this this transactional thing. It's like this thing will hopefully create value and, you know, maybe be inspirational to a person being like, oh, like now I know that artist a little bit more. And in turn, mm-hmm. it will challenge me to, you know, make my own art or like be more committed right. to the band or whatever, you know, whatever the function is.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's true yeah imparting imparting the fact that 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 ethos that i think like I kind of emerged as a writer with is that if you if you want to write you can you know and and you should
0: yeah absolutely, and,
1: and kind of and having yeah so that's kind of.
0: Right. That's what you, Yeah. You, you, you want to put out there where it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm some dumb dumb from the middle of Canada writing some stuff. It's like, you could do that too, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. No,
1: totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I think the, you know, th- this is something I've noticed in myself, like I'm 38 years old and mm. uh, the, the older I get, it, it, I think, and I've noticed this across, you know, other peers and friends and, uh, people get really attached to the idea of, of communities. I mean, communities are an important part of any culture, but like, I think people that get exposed yeah. to subcultures that becomes even more important as you get older, just because, you know, you have to be more deliberate with your time due to, you know, familial obligations, yeah. professional work, whatever. Um, but, sure. but it seems like you, I mean, you've expressed that pretty continually for, you know, a while. I mean, in 10 plus years, you've always been really, uh, focused on that sort of communal aspect, not only in your shows, but, you know, the, the activities that you do, you know, from the, you know, the writing that you do to, you know, working, uh, you know, with the, uh, the local library and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we, like, a, again, this is, I mean, maybe this is kind of a simple question, but like, you know, where did that kind of interest start or was that something that you had always kind of like, as you started to, you know, go to punk and hardcore shows where you realized that was a community, has that always kind of been part of your purview?
1: good question I don't know yeah I do think that it's increased in its importance in my life as I've gotten older for sure and and I have I have community here that I'm I'm enormously grateful for and it's not really music community though I'm in a couple choirs so those that's it's a different kind of community uh, than than punk scene you know, um, but but yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think I was always looking for it, and I didn't always find it. Um, and and I think the trap of being from a small town, or being from this small town, is that you, that that kind of feeling that life is elsewhere, that that everything is happening somewhere else, right? And that's that's I think a huge um, kind of problem that people now wrestle with as 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 uh, as avatars on the internet is this fear of missing out, right? This kind of like life is always somewhere else. So I guess I've yeah I've discovered it in my own community in my own city, and that's that's been really helpful for me. And it and it's always. Um, it's always uh it's it's there right it's it's there right and and it's available and and a lot of it has to do with sitting in circles with people like i'm i'm i help run a book club at at the prison here in winnipeg and you sit in a circle and i'm uh Member of the Quaker community here in Winnipeg, and you sit in a circle, (laughs) and and you know I've been in group therapy, and you sit in a circle. I'm I'm interested in that. That's kind of and you know choir, you sit with people, you sit with people who you don't uh, you wouldn't otherwise sit with, right? And and that's uh, that's the kind of community that I'm I'm most interested in now.
0: No, I really think that's, uh, you you distilled that very appropriately because I think that the, especially with the notion that you always feel like things are happening outside of what you're, what is immediately visible to you. You know, it's like, Uh Oh yeah, that's that, you know, city over or like that. Oh, because I'm not on tour. I'm not feeling like I'm doing anything or whatever. But like, there's, like you said, there's so much that is easily touchable, you know, within a five minute radius of your house. And you just need to put yourself there in order to feel it.
1: And that's also what was, I think one of the dangers for me of being a touring musician was this, like this fantasy world. I mean, it wasn't great or anything, but like this, this, the unrealness of the world where, where you, you know, this, you go on tour and then you come home and you're like, like, well, you know, I have to do things for myself. <laughs> you know, I have to like yeah. I have to you know, I have to it's it's this weird and you're and for me I was always like I think my entire twenties I was thinking, Well I don't really have to have to commit to anything here because I'll be going on tour again in six weeks, right? So um that was I think very dangerous for me and very kind of unhelpful. So so yeah, recognizing that it was here all along, you know, uh, is, is, um... I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah.
0: And I think too, something that I, that I think is valuable to people who have come up in the subculture that we have. Once you interact with people who, you know, frankly have no clue or just don't care about, yeah. you know, whatever punk hardcore, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but they see the, uh, I guess the, you know, uh, immovable, um, passion that we have towards it. They, you know, become a little interested in like, oh, like it's not like they'll ever like the music per se, but they'll, yeah. you know, understand that sort of like DIY notion of like, oh yeah, like, you know, why did you start a band? Uh just because I did, I picked up the bass and that's what I did. And you're just like, oh, I guess yeah. you can do that and you can start to give people that notion that they can pick up and do whatever it is that they want without asking permission.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a and it's a beautiful thing that, you know, sometimes people like, you know, not everybody has the, you know, the lucky experience that we have of, you know, tripping across, you know, records and all of a sudden being immersed in this world that is like, oh, yeah absolutely you're hanging out with adults. Yeah. And it's like, what this is, why are you, you're 16 years old. Why are you hanging out with a 24 year old? It's like, well, they're just the same, <laughs> they're at the same show. It's fine.
1: Yeah. 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 No, it's
0: true. Um, two last things I want to hit on before I let you go, um, hmm. was the, uh, you know, the fact that, um, you uh you know you you were able to kind of you know confront your you know your shortcomings as far as your mental illness was concerned and the fact that you wanted to you know get help and disconnect from the fact like hey i can't be touring you know 250 days out of the year and i can't uh i can't exist in this 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 rat race that sometimes people feel like they they get on um once you kind of i guess shifted your focus away from that um you know did you uh did you feel that sense of people being like Oh great! Like now we're not going to get more music from this guy, and like you know that feeling of kind of uh, I, I don't I don't want to say like arrogance in a way, but just like oh dude, like come on, you've got you're you're living the dream, bro. Like why can't you get your shit together or whatever? Um, you know, did you did you kind of? Um, I mean, not like see that per se, because no yeah. one I, I guess is going to come up to you and say that. But no, you know.
1: Well, my output has always been so slow. Like you know, I've only written like less than a hundred songs or no, probably a little more, but like, you know, I've been writing since I'm 16 and I'm 45 now. I write like three songs a year and, and that's like a good year. So I've never felt like, I've always felt like people who like my music kind of understand that and accept that, um, that it's, you know, it's not, it's not the center of my life I don't think it should be like I feel like it's the product it's the product of the life I live instead of the other way around so I feel like yeah I've never really felt like that that overwhelming pressure Um, like you probably know the feeling like it's like every time I write a song I think oh I'll never be able to do that again or like <laughs> right. every time I think every time I think I'm gonna like I think about writing a song I'm like I, I don't even know how that, how you do that. Like, like I have, um, I have uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I have songwriting for dummies on the bottom shelf of one of my, that I actually went out and bought one time. I was like, you know, like, how, how do you do this? So, you know, I feel like, yeah, that's never been, never been, um, I've never felt a lot of pressure in that way.
0: That's actually, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I love, I just, I love that visual of you going into a, you know, a bookstore and being like, Hey hey, (laughs) "Hey, guys, I've written like 150 songs, but I just ran into a wall. I can't, I can't write anymore. Do you got a book for that? (laughs) Yeah. Here, try this out. John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of helpful. Actually, it's not a bad book. I've read, I've read, I've read a couple of them and they're kind of like, there's some good ones. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and you know, like some of my favorite things I've done as, as work has been to run, uh, songwriting workshops where you're like where you hear what other people do and you and you kind of craft songs in a again in a circle i think that's really powerful um to like share share your work with others and and in that delicate kind of frightening process of making something being open to that experience is has
0: been really helpful for me too yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool I, I I just love the the uh, repeated pattern of like you know doing things in a circle because yeah it's like when you yeah. it's so true like you boil it down to simplest of terms and it's like people getting in a circle talking about stuff like that is sometimes some of the coolest things that can happen to you in your life where you're unlocking some you know part of your brain because someone said something in a circle yeah
1: definitely yeah, yeah I do feel
0: like that um it's true um, and so yeah, the, uh, I, I said two last things, but I'm going to squeeze one more in here. I apologize. But, sure, <laughs> the, um, you know, s- since you've ostensibly, you know, been able to, you know, make a living as a, uh, you know, a musician and artist, um, is, is that like something you actually write on your customs form as you're traveling where it's like you, <laughs> you write your musician?
1: Yeah, I guess I do for my visa into the United States because that's what it's based on. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. <laughs> but uh otherwise, yeah, I guess that is you know what, I'm finally I finally feel kinda comfortable with that. that right. I I can I would always write something else, like you know, until like the last five years where I'm like, eh, I I put musician or I put writer and, and I'm like, Oh wow, that's kinda kinda is what I am. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So uh you've grown comfortable. Uh, in that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm sort of more comfortable with that now. I'm owning owning that
0: now. Yeah, Good. which yeah. Um, you know, because m- most people, be- especially just because, as we were discussing earlier, you know, your uh, you know business acumen is not something that you are uh, you yes. know is not something <laughs> you are you are you are proud of. Um,
1: no, it's very poor. Yeah,
0: but, but the um, you know the fact that you've been able to to do it is um, you know hmm. pretty cool because obviously most people like especially. Again, in the subculture we exist in, everyone like looks at you know Fukazi as the like untouchable. It's like, oh, dude, if every band could be like Fugazi and charge five dollars at the door, yeah. and not sell merch, and it's like, yeah, um, right, right. D- you know, ideally that would be rad, but not everybody can. I you know.
1: know, yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, know. and it's a total fluke. But like, you know, when people ask me advice on industry stuff, it's like, I, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how, like the series of events that led me to here are are you know pretty much based on chance so it's kind of i can't really tell anyone how how to do it so yeah it's it's uh cuz i know i know so many amazing songwriters and musicians who can't make a living you know like some of my all time favorites cannot make a living just doing music so uh you know that has to do with the injustices of capitalism so it, it's like it's a much bigger thing than than trying to navigate through the music industry so um yeah it's a, it's a weird uh it's a weird world
0: yeah <laughs> no totally <laughs> there's there yeah there's there's really no um yeah there's 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 no blueprint that people can look at like no matter what road yeah. you've taken it's like no you're like i could i could tell you the 400 mistakes i did that could lead me to here but that's the right, best. exactly I could, that's the best i could do
1: yeah <laughs> and i like that idea of like i feel like real i feel real solidarity with with other musicians and and i like that now like i feel like yeah, that we're workers, right? And and that we have to think of ourselves as workers, and and um, look out for each other as workers. So
2: yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um, mm. This is a... you
1: know I think that sometimes that's that's not a thing in the co- like yeah like you're right you know artists are this kind of separate thing who do this mysterious work, and that's not so. Like we're it's 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 labor, and it should be respected as labor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a, it, it's it's a craft in the same way that you know, like uh, you know, hammering a steel anvil. I mean, hammering a steel anvil takes you know, arguably more skill than writing a song. But yeah. you know, writing a song is also pretty okay. difficult too.
1: Well, yeah, and I don't want to compare my no my my <laughs> work to to uh, someone who actually actually works hard <laughs> you know, like, yeah
0: who doesn't yeah, who, who, does but, it, who uh, doesn't think yeah. useful and not just writing crappy crappy, yeah. crappy acoustic <laughs> songs out there
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um the uh, uh the the last thing is that you know you because you've existed in a you know very you know left wing socialist political world and that's been your political beliefs ever since you have been able to express that in all the bands that you've played in um but you know by nature you being a more you know quiet and reserved person um there you know a lot of times people see those political beliefs and are just like Oh yeah. Like this dude is going to be in my face about all this stuff. And is like going to, you know, (laughs) yell at me and everything like that. Um, you know, but clearly like, I I don't, I don't, see you, yeah. uh, I guess kind of doing that. So like, I'm sure there's been many times or many, not many times, but there's been times you've been confronted about your beliefs because of people, you know, reading one thing or seeing one thing and being like, oh, well, I like your music, but I, you know, I hate you as a person because of what you believe or yeah. whatever, you know, how have you kind of navigated that, you know, people throwing stones at you from that, uh, I guess the political perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's interesting sometimes, like, um, uh, I do get some of that, like, people, people write me kind of angry, angry, um, letters, or they, they come up to me after a show and, and, and tell me that they don't, you know, agree with something I said on stage, which is not that common, I don't talk much on stage, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's, um, I do feel like one of the great one of the things I really like about the time we live in right now, there's not many things, but uh one of the good things I think is that um people's politics are are have been forced to the surface I think of of, of their lives. Um where there there's no um there's no getting away from it. Um so uh and I feel like it's now sort of a really accepted thing that an artist um, who who kind of doesn't make overtly political art will still be political will still have a politics right so I feel really kind of comfortable in that in that um, you know being a writer who's who's um, not always overt about about my um, about my beliefs but but um I do. Again, I feel like there's a template there that 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 is sort of traced onto everything that I write. That the, the politics are there somewhere, but sometimes they're they're sort of tucked away. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like na- nowadays that's um, that's kind of common, and and um, yeah, it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Because I, I think it's a. Uh... Especially when you're talking about stylistically uh, the music that you've, you know, created for a while, like people don't automatically assume that there's going to be a political undertone in, you know, the, the, the quiet, uh, you know, acoustic indie rock or whatever. It's like most people, you know, view that as like, Oh yeah, you're going to be an aggressive rock band. So of course you're going to say something negative about, you know, capitalism (laughs) or politics or whatever. Um, right. And so, yeah. And
1: it's also just about like, you know, what people are able to write, like I'm just not able to write as directly as maybe I'd like sometimes. Um, you know that's that's not yeah it 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 requires a you know it requires a tapestry it requires like all different kinds of. Of art yeah. to move and change the world, you know.
0: Yeah, and and approaches too. It's like you know there are.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: if you're looking at weapons, like of course there's a blunt hammer, and then there's a sniper rifle, and yeah. you know all the things that sure. that people unfortunately yeah. use against one another. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Poor, sure. Poor, poor metaphor for this conversation, but. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um. And the, uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you, you've clearly, uh, a lot of people, you know, really attach themselves to, uh, your lyrics and the way that you, uh, you know, describe, uh, you know the scenarios that you lay out in the songs and everything like that you know like you mentioned before you you know fancy yourself a writer and you <laughs> you've crafted your uh your, your your art towards that as well um and i i know people have been like oh so like when are you going to put out a book like when are you going to do you know uh, a collection of short stories and that sort of stuff um i presume that your your response is still just like that i don't have the attention span for that or i don't have the
1: um, no i don't yeah no i love books like that's what i've always wanted to be is a is a book writer um but i do not i am not able to do that i recognize now i'm 45 it's it's i I can write like 500 words and that's you know 500 to a thousand words is like anything more than that i just and i'm fine with that like i found i found a form that um that i can work with Uh, i think songwriting is super democratic and and um available and and, uh, and, and I love it. So I, no, I feel like, um, songwriting is sort of, where all of that goes, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> but yeah. but also, uh, you know, I I'm, I I would challenge you, John, because I think that mm. uh, you um you know you are are very uh you know self uh well I wouldn't say self well I was gonna say self defecating but that's not even a word <laughs> uh, you, you, <laughs> you, you you tend to uh, you know maybe sell yourself a little bit uh, short in certain respects of your life so you know mm. I think you you might be able to you know pull something together whether it's uh, you know just some some <laughs> uh some some things that you could probably be like using yeah yeah, yeah yeah a little little uh, little zine you know you could probably do something like that
1: <laughs> well i mean zine culture is like where i like you know yeah that was the kind of that's another thing that i really loved about the punk scene was was kind of zines i loved that that was and and i still do like i still make little little pamphlets for you know for my friends and family i uh they come on my printer here and, and, the, and my community is, it's fun. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that, but I, I feel like, the, uh, I think what I present to the world is, is songs. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah. I know, uh, I know my vehicle and I'm going to stay in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, John, I really honestly appreciate you hanging out with me. Cause I know this is, uh, like I said, not something you, uh, you, you typically do, but, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, I super enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your persistence and, uh, and your, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. your excellent, uh, excellent conversation. Yeah.
0: Yes. That was Mr. Sampson. Thank you very much. It was funny because at the very, like w- before we started recording, I could tell he was kind of uh nervous, you know? And like cuz he just doesn't do this sort of stuff often. Like I don't I didn't ask him, but I don't get the impression that he's done like a ton of podcasts. Partially too because I was doing a ton of deep dive research on him and there isn't a ton of stuff around about him from that perspective. So anyways, an eternal eternal thank you for John for coming on this show and uh, trusting me with uh, you know making sure that <laughs> we had a, a enjoyable conversation. So thank you very much for that. Internal thank you to Wiretap Records as well. Use their code hundred words for fifteen dollars off whatever they got in their store. So wiretaprecords.com. Please check it out and also rockabilia.com. That is PC Jabberjaw for ten percent off of your order. Please do that and you will be clothed in band merch. And what do we have next week? In, in, in my favorite way to transition from a, uh, you know, sort of folk singer-songwriter, uh, you know, r- indie rockish guy. How about we talk to Manny Mustafi or Money Mustafi? I think that's, that's how you actually say it. Uh, from Race Trader. How about that, right? Weaker Thans, Waste Trader. Race Trader. Love it. Love the transition between the two. Anyways, that's what we got next week. I love you. I hope you are doing okay. It will get better, I promise you, okay? Until then, please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.